0: God is writing a story Mm -hmm. and all stories flow from this story and stories would not be very good without conflict, without a villain, without a, a dragon to slay. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Make and Multiply. My name is Matt Gruen and I am one of the pastors at Emmaus Road Church and I am joined this morning with Ryan Chase and Caleb Dernberger. Ryan's a pastor at Emmaus Road Church and Caleb serves as a pastoral resident for our church and this week we are going to be diving right back into the statement of faith. Uh, Gonna walk back through some of the categories. We've already gone through the scriptures, uh, the triune God, uh, God's sovereign purposes, which I believe we did in two parts—the uh, creation, providence, and man—which we did in two parts out of necessity—and um, then today we are going to look at the category of man's sin and its effect. So, a real downer of an <laughs> a real downer of the epi- of an episode, uh, but vital, but right? Crucial, crucial to- in understanding. The gospel. In order to know the good news that the gospel is, we have
1: to understand that it's only good news because of bad news. And and understanding the world we live in, you know, having a worldview that accounts for even non Christians have some sense the world is not the way it should be. But your worldview has to account for that. What, What do we mean the way it should be? Right. If it's a big accident anyway. You can't talk about an accident should be that or should be like this. If you spill, you know, milk on the floor, whatever the puddle looks like, you can't say, well, it should be like this and not like that. Right. Um, so you have to you have to have a worldview that accounts for why is the world broken?
0: Because the the atheist worldview of it's all by accident just does not. While maybe intellectually satisfying to some extent, because that's what the rest of the world post at Darwin believes, it does not experientially satisfy at all. No. Because I think we all can agree. I think everybody can agree this is not how it should be, and if that's your the diagnosis informs the prognosis. So how we diagnose our what the problem is is going to inform what should be done to fix it. Yeah. What's the uh, remedy? Exactly, because if if everything's an accident, there is no remedy because there is no problem. But if there is a problem, then what is the remedy? And as Christians, we hold to Christ and Christ alone as the remedy. But as Christians, we need to know what Jesus is the answer. What question does Jesus answer? Yeah. What problem does Jesus solve? It's one thing to say he solves problems for you, hooray. Okay, but unless I know not just a cursory reading of my sin, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I can tell I'm not as, as what I should be, but I'm not that bad. Until we understand sin, our effect, our, its effects on us and our culpability in our sin, mm-hmm. it, what the result is, the more that we recognize the the greatness of our sin, it's concursive and, and to magnify the greatness of Jesus. Yeah, um, and that's sure. our aim, is to, to make much of Christ because he's worthy of it. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm going to read, we're going to do these in two sections. So the, under man's sin and its effects, uh, which, by the way, I, I, don't, I, I knew this, but I was reminded of it. If you go to our website, EmmausRoadSF.com, under the beliefs heading, our entire statement of faith is right there. Uh, and it's separated out into kind of drop box categories. So if you uh, want to follow along with us, you can just go to slash beliefs um, and then kind of scroll down, click on that drop down of man's sin and its effects, And I'm just reading right from that. So if you do that, you would see there are two headings the origin of sin. And the effects of sins. We're going to take those in turn. Uh, I'll read each, I'll read the first one and we'll we'll kick it around and Ryan will answer for us where sin came from. Uh, so here we go. Let me read The Origin of Sin. God originally created man innocent and righteous, without stain or corruption. In this state, Adam and Eve enjoyed a fullness of life in communion with God, delighting in him and his righteous will, yet capable of transgressing. Despite these privileges, they were led astray by Satan and willfully sinned against their creator by doing what he had forbidden. In their rebellion, they doubted his character, rejected his authority, and disobeyed his word. Man's trespass of God's commands brought enmity with God and the curse of death. Because God had established Adam as the representative head of the human race, his sin was imputed to all his descendants, bringing guilt, condemnation, and death to humanity. Therefore, we are all by nature corrupt and inclined
1: to evil from conception. Hmm. It's bad news. That is bad news. <laughs> that is bad news. Lamentable, grievous.
0: And yet, embedded in there, there is, I mean, just that first sentence. God originally created man, innocent and righteous without stain or corruption in that state they had adam and eve had fullness of life with communion with god can you imagine mm. delighting in him and his righteous will and capable of that that was their original setting i mean yeah. you read the garden of eden it really is paradise right it right. really is this sweet uh where where they walk with god they talk with him they commune with him they have jobs to do they have food they have everything they need and yet yeah. um they are led astray, and what's, you know, the, the statement just reads, despite these privileges, they were led astray mm-hmm. by Satan. Yeah. And I think it's right for, it, for the statement to say that, because that's what the Bible says. Right. like Genesis 3, I know the, the pressing question that always comes out right away, at least in, interacting in my own heart and with my past students, is you read Genesis 3, and it starts with, now the serpent was craftier than all the others, and it came to Eve and said... And the question is right away: Where the heck did the serpent come from? Yeah. <laughs> How did it get there? Um, and the Bible doesn't really answer it. Right. It just says it, and that's one of the you know one of the things that we recognize. The Bible we can only really say for sure what the Bible says clearly. Um, mm-hmm. We speak where the Bible speaks. Yeah, we don't speak where the Bible doesn't speak with the same type of certainty that we would otherwise. Right. with where the Bible speaks. So.
1: So Ryan, that, that, where, did the, helpful. where did the servant
0: come from, Ryan? <laughs> let's, just, let's just dive in. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, that, no, that's a helpful qualifier because we do often want to jump into the realm of speculation. I've mentioned this verse before, Deuteronomy 29, 29, where um, through Moses, God communicates to his people that the secret things belong to God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children so that we can know God and walk in his ways. So there are secret things, there are mysterious things, and we can accept that, by faith. In fact, the way that we deal with the revealed things is the same way that we deal with the secret, not revealed things. That Mm -hmm. is by faith. What God has revealed, we are to take by faith and believe as true. The things that have not been revealed, we can trust God that he knows what he's doing (laughs) and uh, that he has revealed to us everything that we need for life and godliness, everything that we need to know to know him. So within the confines of what God has spoken, we can make confident assertions. And I think that's why the statement of faith begins affirming God created man, innocent and righteous. Because one of the foundational questions in all of this is who's to blame? Mm-hmm. And, and oftentimes you hear in our unbelief it, What do we love to do About our own sin? <laughs> Shift to the blame Blame somebody else And mm. that's what Adam and Eve Start to do From the beginning yeah. When God comes And says to Adam Where are you? And he says Well this woman That you gave me And she says Well this serpent That was coming Through the garden They're they're immediately which, Blaming somebody else Which by the way All of that is true Like Yes They're blame shifting
0: They actually are They're true statements Pointing Yeah they're true yeah. statements But they reveal Like I often You know what we recognize with Adam in doing that is that this is cowardly. Yeah. No matter what's happening, while it, it may be a true statement, he's a coward. He's just passing the blame. We recognize it for what it is. They're just trying to get out from under the punishment. Right. But what I what I mean is, you
1: can say true things and still be sinning. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's a matter of how you're framing yeah. what happened, as though all of the moral responsibility then is shifted off of you onto somebody else. And so even in Adam's statement there, this woman. So we're aware he's, he's blaming Eve, but, but he goes on to say this woman that you gave me. Yeah. So actually he's blaming God. Yeah. Like if you hadn't made this woman, <laughs> it, it's actually God, it turns out it's your fault. That's right. Um, and that's what we all tend to do. Just like Adam, the apple doesn't fall far and, and we all do the same thing. It comes back to God. It It's his fault. He made us. And, and so you hear people say that like, well, God, what kind of creator is he, if he made us flawed and mm. incapable of obeying. And so the statement of faith begins there by affirming, no, th- this is not some failure on God's part. Right? Uh, God made us good and in his image and innocent and righteous and without stain or, or corruption. Um, and yet he also made us capable of transgressing. That is he, he gave us the ability, uh, a moral responsibility to choose to trust him or not to, um, obey him or not. And, and so there, there is the ability to transgress. And, uh, so other questions, you know, why would God even have put that tree there anyway? Why would he have given this commandment not to eat from it? Mm -hmm. But all of those things in the end can't absolve Adam or any of us of our moral responsibility that we have disobeyed God and it's our fault, not God's fault.
0: Mm -hmm. And I think the statement holds the tension well, when they when it says they were led astray by Satan, true, and willfully sinned against God, so it it we can't you know push too far one way where we just blame uh, we just our navel gaze and just blame ourselves for all of our, our no Satan is a real character right. a, a real person in this world trying to who's on a mission. It has been from the beginning that John says he that that great serpent of old the uh, Jesus calls him the father of lies, right? So that's a that's a character he does exist, but we also can't shift all the blame to him as if all of the problems in my life are because of him. Uh I think it holds well this they were led astray by Satan. Yep. And they willfully that's under right. their own they did what Eve did what she wanted to do. She wasn't the serpent didn't put a gun to her head right. the serpent didn't you know threaten her which is telling because what if he would have right then maybe eve would have been less culpable for her sin but no the serpent knows yep. what to do and he goes in and he very deceitfully very snake like gets her to do what she wants to do. And she does what she wants to do. That's why that, that threefold in their rebellion kind of lists out the process. They doubt she, Eve and Adam, as the representative head, doubted God's character. And that's what they remember. The serpent was trying to
1: get him. Did God really say, no, yeah. he doesn't want you is to God do God really good? He's, He's not good. Mm-hmm. Withholding. He, he made this right. good tree with good fruit. Look, you can see with your own eyes how desirable it is. Yep. You know it's going to taste good. Why would he... Hold out on you Mm. Why would he hold back He must not actually be good And then Rejected his authority No you can actually He doesn't want you Because he wants He he doesn't want you
0: to eat Because he's afraid You'll become like him Yeah So So who is he to tell you What to do anyway Exactly You, You can choose for yourself And then those two Dispositions that Adam and Eve Willfully bought into They willfully decided You know he's right They doubted his character They rejected his authority And so then Disobeyed his word so it's not just in the taking of the fruit, but in the actual, everything that led up to was sin. Right. Um, the, the author, Derek Kidner, while, while commenting on this passage, he, he has this incredible line. He says, she took and ate. So simple the act, so hard it's undoing. And then he says this, God will taste poverty and death before take and eat become verbs of salvation, Mm -hmm. which all of a sudden she took and she ate. In the New Testament, what do we say before every Lord's Supper? Take, eat, remember, and believe all that Christ did to undo what Eve did. So it just, there's a lot going on Mm -hmm. in this Genesis 3 3 scene that's depicting the origin of our sin is both from without us, I mean, externally, but very much so within us. That's Mm -hmm. good. This was
2: implied already, but I think it it needs to be said explicitly um, because of all the questions that arise. But passages like Job 34.10 are helpful. It says, far be it from God to do wickedness and from the Almighty to do wrong. Or Psalm 5 verse 4, for you are not a God who delights in wickedness. Evil may not dwell with you. So we need to, I mean, Scripture says God is not the source of sin, nor does God sin. Um, evil does not flow from him. Um, it did not originate there yet in some mysterious way, God does ordain sin that would enter the world. Um, Hmm. and we, we need to affirm that because scripture doesn't ever present sin as somehow like out of God's control. Like, Oh, oops, something slipped there. Something's the serpent slipped through the cracks. He got in without God's knowing. And now we have to figure it out. Um, and nor does it, view sin as something like as equal power. Like there's this, you know, this equal war raging on and sometimes God's winning, sometimes sin is winning. And then all of a sudden, oh, finally, um, he ordains evil, but he never does evil. And it's always brought about through the willing actions of his moral creatures too, as you've already said. Um, And yeah, so things like, I just have some notes here of we can say clearly God knew that Adam and Eve would sin because he knows all things, all things actual and possible. You know, as Isaiah 46, 9 through 10, I am God and there is none like me, Hmm. declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things not yet done. Um, God works all things, even evil for the praise of his glory. So Proverbs 16, 4 says, the Lord has made everything for its purpose, even the wicked for the day of trouble. So to say like, you know, this is happening and now God has to somehow address it and figure it out is, is to say that God didn't really know, God didn't ordain, God is powerless. I mean, even there in those questions of understanding what is sin and where did it come from, we can undermine and sin ourselves and thinking Mm -hmm. wrong thoughts about God. So I think those are just helpful ways to think about it, starting with God and all his, I mean, good purposes and... Um, but just as Matt was saying,- par- the paradise that God created is everything good, and yet
0: um so yeah, and, and it's important to remember that this rests on the earlier statement under god's sovereign purposes mm-hmm. of God ordains all things for his glory, so he is sovereignly ordained that all that exists occurs in creation in order for the purpose of displaying his glory, so God is writing a story mm-hmm. and all stories flow from this story, and stories would not be very good without conflict, without yeah. a villain, without a, a dragon to slay. Uh, St. George and the Dragon would not be a very good story if it was just St. George. Right. <laughs> right? There has to be a dragon. In fact, St. George and the Dragon has a dragon because there is a dragon. There really is. And the real story. The yeah. real story where—and uh-huh. and yet— God has not lost control. God is not, this is not outside of his purview. And also he's not culpable for the sin that we Mm -hmm. commit. So while it doesn't fit together nice in a a nice, you know, click together like a puzzle in our minds, does not then
1: necessarily mean it's not true. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I find it helpful even just to clarify, and this statement of faith is, um, points us in this direction of just thinking holistically about sin, Matt, like you were saying, doubting God's character, rejecting his authority, disobeying his word. The next sentence talks about a man's trespass of God's command, and that's what scripture says in First um, John, sin is lawlessness. Sin is trespassing God's command. When you define sin that way, then we're not just asking a question like, why are there things in the world that displease me mm-hmm. personally? Um, we're asking, why is it that God would permit in his world that he made things that displease him. Right. So evil is that which displeases God. Sin displeases God. And yet this is a great mystery that God is authoring a story full of things that he hates. Mm. Well, it, it must be that he has a good and glorious purpose, which is why is there a dragon in the story to be slain, mm-hmm. to be, to be triumphed over by the hero of the story. Mm-hmm. Why does God permit in his story, things that he hates to triumph over it in the end, ultimately through his son, Jesus. That that's the, the short answer to how could God tolerate things that he hates in the world that he made. Yeah. And and quickly
0: last on this, on this category
1: before we jump to the
0: next, but um, this is not just an Adam and Eve problem. Um, This it's one, it's one thing to sit here, you know, however many thousands of years later and say, well, they did that. I mean, that, I I'm, I'm if I would have been in that situation I wouldn't have done that um and so we an appeal to God to say hey how come I'm being blamed for other people and the statement deals with that as the bible describes it as adam represents all of humanity in this scene he is us um because as paul does this in romans 5 um making the comparison that death came through Adam. All mm. death came through Adam to all mankind, and we are, we are the heirs of that unrighteousness. Um, and we are culpable for our own sin and our original sin. From conception, we are sinful. Mm. Um, and we get that from, from our father Adam, from Adam who sinned in the garden. And if you are to say, if you have a disposition that says, well, that's not fair, mm. um, just know that Paul's logic in Romans 5 is the reason death came through Adam now life comes through Christ. Mm. So if you remove yourself from the garden scene, you by necessity have to remove yourself from the cross, right. because the cross is the answer to the garden's problem. So if I'm no, if I don't want to be uh, numbered with Adam in my in his sin, because I say, well, that's his problem. Well, then I've just removed myself from the grace of God yeah. under Christ. Christ.
1: Can't be your representative head either. Exactly. Huh? Yeah, a, a great a simple analogy uh, that. Has helped me is just thinking about in sports. We're familiar with the idea where um, one player on the team commits a, a foul, uh, an infraction of mm-hmm. some kind, mm-hmm. and the whole team is penalized. So take uh, you know American football. You got eleven guys out there. American um, football. Uh, yeah, but, same yeah. thing with soccer. Oh yeah, there we go. Yep, the other kind of football. um, Eleven guys out there on your team. All the it takes o- is one person commit the, you know, in American football, one person, uh, offensive lineman, there's a holding penalty. The the 10 yard penalty is assessed not against him personally, but against the whole team.
0: Right. So th- <laughs> you, lineman, you, you have to back up 10 <laughs> yards. Yes.
1: Yeah. Personal foul on, um, you know, somebody on the defense, 15 yard penalty against the whole team. Hmm. Um, and, and nobody is running up to the ref to argue that's not fair. Cause I didn't commit the foul. So I should, you know, yeah, be in a different place on the field. No, it's it's a it's a team thing, and and we tend to think much more individualistically in our you know American mm-hmm. Western frame of mind, as though we're all just disconnected, kind of like atoms. Yeah, separate yeah. atoms or separate A <laughs> T O M. Right. <Not>, oh, yeah. <laughs> clarify that. Nice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like nice. discrete marbles in a box. Yeah. Um, we might bump into each other here and there, but we are we exist completely detached from everybody else when the reality is there's a reason we talk about a family tree. We are much more connected than we tend to realize, and we are much more affected by those who went before us. We live where we live. So many things about our own lives today are the way they are because of our forefathers, Mm -hmm. our ancestors, those who came before us. And so it is just a reality the way that God has made the world. And like you're saying, Romans 5 ultimately to frame it that way, th- this is God's kindness that yes. he deals with us covenantally so that Christ as our representative head can be right. our savior and his righteousness can be imputed to us, yeah. credited to us. In
0: Hebrews speaks the same way. Uh, the whole narrative of the Bible is death through one thing, life through Christ. Um, that's right. So that's the origin of sin. Let's quickly jump into now the effects of sin, which I think this is this is helpful because this starts to get to not just the origin, but the... Um, the scope of what sin has done for us or done to us. So under the effects of sin from the inherited corruption of humanity arises, all the sins that we commit, all people are now by nature enemies of God living under the power of Satan, subject to the curse of the law and deserving of eternal punishment. Moreover, the whole nature of man has been corrupted by the fall and no part of man is untainted by sin. Although fallen people remain in the image of God and manifest the virtues of common grace, they are incapable of pleasing God, meriting his favor, or freeing themselves from their bondage to sin. Their hearts are hardened, their understanding is darkened, their consciences are corrupted, their spiritual sight is blinded, and their deeds are evil. Therefore, all people are dead in sin and without hope apart from the salvation in Jesus Christ. The curse of the fall corrupted not only mankind, but the entire created order, subjecting the world to futility, decay, and death. Both the cursed creation and moral evil produce calamity, suffering, hostility, and injustice in the world. The groaning of the created order reminds us of our fallenness and causes us to long for the redemption of all things under Christ.
1: So that's it. That's a big that scope. It explains the world around us it right does. now. Yeah,
2: it does. Why,
0: why are things the way they are? How is it that? Everyone sins. Mm. And you see that that's in two different... There are two categories there. There's the personal um, human sin as well as accounts for natural fallenness of calamities, of disasters, of hurricanes and tornadoes and all the rest. It's
1: an incredible reminder that we live in a moral world. At at the core, the universe is moral. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and man, human moral sin and rebellion against God is the explanation for... All of the the breakdown, the decay, the right. the corruption, and futility in the created order as well. And no matter our super scientific era
0: that we're in of saying, well, the wildfires are just because you know because of this mechanism is yeah, warming. This, or global warming, which is funny because global warming is still supposed blaming to be man, man's fault. Right? It, it really does show that there is a connection between the natural world that we live in and and our moral culpability of the, of the affecting of it. And we see, I mean, that's the whole category in the old Testament of Israel and the land, their Mm -hmm. relationship with the land, they became so evil that God had to spit them out. They had to exile them from the land in order that the land might heal itself. Uh, Not itself, but God would would bring blessing back to this land that used to be flowing with milk and honey Mm -hmm. In comes Israel and makes it all disastrous. Mm -hmm. So we, we kid ourselves as just enlightened, you know, scientists who can who say, well, the natural world is explainable through through this, that mechanism, and the other thing. Well, just because we explain what it's made of, right. we have not removed the moral categories. Yeah, um, And yeah, the blaming climate change shows that even the unbelieving world recognizes that we have done things <laughs> and it has effect.
1: Yeah. Physics mm-hmm. and chemistry can explain what's happening, right. but ethics... Gets at why. Yeah.
2: Augustine has this definition of what sin is. He says, sin is a a defecation in something that is good, Mm. which is,
1: uh, (laughs) which is just just so, I mean,
2: God, God (laughs) said at the beginning, he spoke, there was, and, and even, so explaining why things are, what they are, why what we see, but even more so just the crown jewel, God made man in his Mm. own image. We all bear the image of God. And yet sin says we don't function rightly. We don't, act the way that we should, that we were made to. Mm. Um, so, yeah,
0: just to that point. Yeah, the scope also is is all men. There, there's nobody who's outside of this original sin. Well, all but, all but one. Christ himself was born not, well, he was born under the law, but not of the law in the same way that we are of corrupted and tainted by mm-hmm. that sin. But it extends to all people, anyone descended from Adam, has been imputed with this unrighteousness, and it also speaks to the whole. Uh, this line, moreover, the whole nature of man has been corrupted by the fall, and no part have of man is untainted by sin. So this speaks to um, the, the, the more famous Calvinisms, uh, the T in tulip re- regarding total. Depravity. Um, it, the point there is not that we are as bad as we could be, meaning we're just totally depraved, but the the scope of our depravity is total. Mm-hmm. It, it's all of us. Uh, there's no part of it. It's not just our actions. It's our passions. It's our desires. Our minds, often called the noetic effect of sin. Um, Paul gets into all that in 2 Corinthians chapter four and and so forth of using these analogies that the that the statement makes of like blindness. Darkness, deadness—all that is referring to this effect of sin that makes sight, life, all these other things impossible. Um, without something, some animating thing, right? Mm-hmm. Some eye-opening event, uh, and which, of course, we know is the gospel. That's mm-hmm. that's this. Th- these are the questions that Jesus answers, right? Yeah. These are the problems that Jesus solves. Um, so yeah, it, that helps. Again, it just helps us to remind ourselves: I have nothing of merit to offer to God That's on right. my own. Yeah. Um, any any good thing I have is from God and from His work, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. which is which to me has the effect of when I see when I'm like in our missional communities or when we gather as our church and I see other people and in, in community loving one another, encouraging one another it just has such an edifying effect on me because what it does is it not necessarily points me directly to that person, but God working through that person, as mm-hmm. we as we call it, an evidence of God's grace um, to see God has poured his grace out among us. And it actually has effect. Like, we're gonna bring you a meal. We're gonna help you do this project. We're gonna you know pray for you. We're going to care for you. Well, that actually has expression. Um, and it, right. because of our... Depraved nature. Any good thing, then we can trace it right back to the one who
1: is made it all possible. Yeah, mm-hmm. reminds me of the Princess Bride, as <laughs> mm, of course cool. it does. Most things yeah. do, as most things do. When when uh, Miracle Max says that you know Wesley is mostly dead, uh, which is good news because then, then there's hope. There's something that can be done. Because if he's all dead, there's nothing left to do but just you know go through his pockets and look for <laughs> loose change the the gospel is it's not that well hey there's still some hope for us because there's some glimmer of life or some you know flicker of goodness inside of us and that can be revived no we we're not in need of just being revived from a state of being mostly dead we are in need of a resurrection mm-hmm. where actually we are completely dead right. there is no hope nothing that we can do and so yeah understanding the totality of our depravity explains so much. Again, this just the, the biblical worldview has so much explanatory power for the very, um, experiences that we have Mm -hmm. in life. Mm -hmm. It just explains why our thoughts are so twisted. Um, why our will is enslaved. Um, why our desires are bent in the wrong directions. Why our actions, uh, sin against God and do great damage to other people and just make a mess of our lives. So it's it's just total in its scope. Every faculty that we have is is stained and, and yeah. ruined by sin. Yeah. And, you know, this is getting into the, the gospel, but <laughs> there's a hint here. Therefore, all people section. are dead in sin and without hope apart from salvation in Jesus Christ. That's why the full humanity of Jesus is such good news, right. that mm-hmm. he redeems every part of us, not right. just like, well... I can, you know, save their their spirit here and and right. evacuate them out of this. No, every aspect of it. Our our minds are renewed in Christ. Our bodies have the hope of resurrection, restoration mm-hmm. in Christ. So, um, no, I, I think getting the doctrine of sin right really matters because we shy away from this for fear of offending people or making people feel bad. We don't often want to. Address the root problem. Like of all the problems, the mess you make of your life, nobody wants to call it sin at the root because then people that like implies people are responsible for what they're doing, and we'd rather just stay in categories like mental health, where right. I'm I just sick. I, I'm sick, right? right. I just and I can't myself. help it, kind of like catching a cold. I, I I caught a cold, and there's no you know moral culpability there. It just it's this thing that happened to me, or this this condition I was born with, and I can't do anything about. Um, rather than something i'm responsible for. Mm. Yeah. But that in the end is hopeless because it says you're sick and nothing can really be done for you. This is just the way you are and We're just gonna make you it's more never going to change. Yep. You know, the best that can be done is we can Yeah, some bring palliative you home. care. We'll just yep. care for you. Yeah, we'll yep. bring you home, give you some blankets and you'll be right. good. Right. Rather than sin which says no, actually, you know, here this is really bad news. It is really painful to accept. My life is a mess because i made it a mess. Yeah. right. <laughs> rebelling against God. And yet that's the most hopeful thing in the world, because if our problems at the root are sin and God has provided a savior for sinners Mm -hmm. in Jesus Christ, then something can be done. Something has been done and we can actually be redeemed. And so having the willingness to, you know, not just blame our problems on merely lack of sleep or hunger or personality, or I'm just not that kind of, you know, person or whatever. No, at, I've I've sinned, sinned against God and against you and Jesus is a great savior. Mm -hmm. Then there's hope for us. And so getting this right and seeing this doctrine in our everyday lives and Mm -hmm. the effects of sin and calling sin, sin as defined by God's word. I think that's, that's crucial as well. Um, Sin is not just defined by,
2: yeah. Yeah. add
1: that to the list. It's not just, you know, whether or not somebody else's feelings are hurt. It's, has God's word been broken? Have his commands been violated? Mm -hmm. So we just have to be honest with ourselves and God.
0: It's good. Yeah. So simple the act, so hard it's undoing. Mm. The, the, the depths that Christ had to go to, and we'll talk about this in our next one on the person and work of Christ, is he had to taste poverty and death himself before take and eat would become verbs of salvation, before they would become good news for us. Um, so we have to understand the depth of our sin in order to understand who Christ is and what he's done and why that is good news for us. Yeah. It's not good news unless you understand. Unless we understand the bad news, if we don't, if we don't get the, those right, we will get. If we don't get the garden right, we'll get the cross wrong, mm-hmm. um, and that's that's vital for for us um, as we live in God's world, as we take His Word, as we gather as a church. We want to be gospel centered people, and in order to be gospel centered people, we have to know what the gospel is. That's right. It's not just Jesus died for you as your personal Savior. Hooray! while that's true that for us to grasp the depth of that, that actually functions in our lives, we need to, we need to dig all the way into our own hearts, um, and, and see Mm. what Christ really has Mm -hmm. done for us. So I think that's more obviously always could be said. Um, but I think that's, it's a good start. Yeah. Till next time.